Namaste and welcome to the Modern Mystic Podcast, where we are exploring the mystical and the mundane and the magic in the present moment, bringing you ancient tools and technologies into modern day living, yoga, mythic, and healing conversations with expert and visionary powerhouses sharing their stories and secrets with you to help you live an inspired life. To sleep, perchance to dream. Aye, there's the rub. For in that sleep of death, what dreams may come? When we have shuffled off this mortal coil, must give us pause. My name is Kilkenny, the host of the Modern Mystic Podcast. And this quote from Hamlet, written by Shakespeare, speaks to the enticement and yet sometimes the fear that dream state can deliver to us dreams how does that word resound in your being what images get conjured up when i say the word dream to dream i personally have always loved to dream i'm like a professional sleeper i love sleep and um, i love dreaming i love just having the experience of going into another state and when I wake up in the morning feeling like I've been on a long journey somewhere. I know so many people, however, have a very different relationship with dreams and sleep. And this is very, very normal and common. Some of my best friends often have scary dreams, scary reoccurring dreams. And though I'm not someone who has had these often, I think all of us have had a taste of them. And If you're someone who has had a lot of scary dreams or unpleasant dreams or not, it is another state and it is revealing of a place that we spend a lot of time. Think about how much you dream, how much you sleep. And so it can really be a valuable tool to contemplate and perhaps do some dream hygiene and explore this aspect of life that we all share. How can we tap into our dreams that tell us so much about ourselves and really use our dream life to our advantage as a mystical and psychological and psycho-spiritual practice? Many of us have heard the idea that dreams often reflect back to us our unconscious desires, right? Our unconscious fears and so on. So when we have dreams, when things happen that we didn't know we desired and or make us uncomfortable, they can become a great psychological tool to explore our shadow, right? The shadow is a really big buzzword these days. It's great that it's more in the mainstream consciousness, I think. And it's the part of ourself that we either hide from ourselves or perhaps we're not even aware that it exists within ourselves. So it's so valuable to explore the dream life and pay attention to our dream life because it can teach us a lot about our shadow. When we learn about our shadow, we become much more powerful, we become much more autonomous, and we become much wiser in how we operate and move through this world. Etymologically speaking, the word dream in Old English had a different meaning than the dream that we know of today. And it referred to things causing auditory or emotional sensations experienced while fully awake. 
So it was sometimes used to mean noise or joy, which I love, or I also love music. So dream meant once upon a time, noise, joy, or music. Isn't that cool? And so I think it's really interesting because it speaks to even like when we daydream, which I'll get into in a moment. But it really wasn't until the 13th century that the word began to be used as we know it today, which is fascinating because that's not so long ago from an etymological wordsmith standpoint. Etymologists believe that the change in meaning was from an outside influence. It appears that after many Scandinavian conflicts and conquests where this word originated from in Old Britain, that our modern word dream a series of thoughts or images or emotions that occur during the sleep state came to be. Now, in the yoga tradition, which is really my main squeeze tradition from when I was a child, there are considered four states of consciousness corresponding with the word om, which is a sacred syllable. Om is said to appear in many sacred words from a variety of traditions from around the world. Shalom, Amen, Awen. You can hear there's a om sound because om is technically transliterated as being spelled A-U-M. So we quickly all say om for the friends listening who say it or have heard it. But really it's aum, aum. So you can hear more of that pronunciation in the other sacred syllables that I had mentioned. In the yoga tradition, the A for Om, A-U-M, is known as the Sanskrit word Jagrat, meaning waking or ordinary consciousness. So it's essentially when we're experiencing gross material world things through our senses. It's the waking state. Sometimes it's called Vishva as well. And in this state, we are in a path duration outcome mode. High frequency, low amplitude brain waves, like the beta brain waves, due to processing tons of information around us, right? Our sensorial overload is extreme when we're in that waking state and on high duty. The U from Om is associated with the dreaming unconscious state known as swapna, the yogic language of Sanskrit. And it refers to the subtle mind, which can work out its unfulfilled or even unknown, as I mentioned, desires, like when we do that shadow work, unfulfilled or unknown wishes, attractions, and aversions, things we're repulsed by that we try to avoid, that it doesn't feel like it can or is not even aware of in our waking external world and life. So in this dreaming state, REM, right, that one plane of sleep happens in which high frequency and desynchronized brainwaves are present. And one is processing the inner content of the mind, the emotions, our experiences, and our memories, etc. while we sleep. The M in the Aum, or Aum, is associated with the deep sleep. It's called Prajna in the Sanskrit. It's our subconscious, or causal. So there's no desire for anything gross in the outer physical world, or even subtle. 
nothing in the unconscious. It's a, it's a space of deep, profound rest. So that slow wave sleep, that's synchronous. And during this state, it allows for tissue regeneration, healing, and cellular repair to occur. This space of rest is also when the lymphatic system engages to clear away debris and toxins there that accumulate between the neurons and the brain. So in the way of brain waves, this is the state of the theta and the delta brainwave state. Those are the ones that are present. Now there's a fourth aspect consciousness called silence. <laughs> and in the OM acronym, if you will, AUM, it's after the M. It's the rest. It's the pause in between spaces. It's consciousness with a capital C. Awareness and the experience in the sacred pause of the absolute or the ground of being or your own humanity and goodness with a capital H. It's the immeasurable or measureless and often referred to as samadhi or the state of Buddha or realization, actualization that we touch when we are resting or in heightened practices like yoga nidra, like meditation, like one-pointed focus. These types of one-pointed focus deliver us to the state. And in the space of liberation, if you will, enlightenment, bliss, where we can, as humans embodied, have moments of this. And then we try to tease out those moments. And then once we've you know, teased them out to the point where there are conscious waking state all the time, right? That is what enlightenment is said to be. So when we have a blissful meditation or we just have complete absorption in the divine or even in nature or even in someone we love, one could argue it's state of Turiya, unconditional love. Turiya is sometimes described not even as the fourth state, but the state that all three other states arise from and dissolve back into. So it's a beautiful thing. And as I mentioned, there are a lot of different practices like meditation, like yoga nidra, that are now being studied more scientifically. And this state is being more acknowledged by scientists because it's this slow delta brain wave state. These waves that are present simultaneously with alpha aka meditative brain waves. This state has also recently been given a scientific name and it's called non-sleep deep rest or NSDR. So many various traditions and places around the world have considered sleep state to be this really sacred portal of time to know oneself more fully and one's unconscious aspects and also to act like an antenna and to receive messages from one's spirit team, one's ancestors, one's sacred energies from outside oneself that are a reflection that act as mirrors as wisdom that we actually possess as well. But sometimes we need to see it and hear it 
in other forms and have it reflected back to us. And as mystics, that's what we practice, excavating information from ourselves and deepest level of self and wisdom and decisions, and then also learning tools and technologies to act like mirrors to receive that information when we can't source it from ourselves or like a mirror just amplifies it reflects our own wisdom to even greater depths and widths so if you think about it whoever designed us however you think about how humans came to be and whatever you believe right we have this period of time that's incredibly long every day that for whatever reason you can fill in the blank what you think we sleep and there's something that exists in a myriad of traditions called lucid dreaming in buddhism it's called dream yoga and it's a pretty amazing thing and if you talk to people about dreams i do this with my clients my astrology clients and my coaching clients dreams will come up as a tool of self-knowing and also it really always strikes me as how many people have had this experience of lucid dreaming. So if you're not clear what lucid dreaming is, it's really when our conscious mind gets to play with the unconscious mind for spiritual advancement, self-discovery, maybe healing, maybe fun, for the joy of it. So the conscious mind is playing with the unconscious mind. So another way to say that is you're in your dream and all of a sudden you realize you're dreaming. And then all of a sudden, you can start to practice interacting with the dreamland, which is your unconscious mind, which are aspects of yourself. So for centuries, Toltecs and Tantricas, Sufis, Christians, shamans, Gnostics, Tibetan Buddhists, and so many other traditions, Aborigines have practiced lucid dreaming as a formal practice and thing to work on as a practice so as i mentioned you know almost everyone i would argue everyone probably has had a night became frightened and maybe even woke themselves up because of the nightmare and that experience can remind you that you have the power in your dreams to start interacting with your dream as an interactive world and bring this process of lucidity into more and more dreams. So through practice, a dreamer can in fact choose how to react, how to even extend your dream for a period of time. If you've ever had the experience where you wake up, maybe you go to the bathroom or get some water and then you consciously decide, oh wait, I want to go back to that dream. I had the experience just last week where I had a dream one night and then I consciously chose and it worked to go back into the exact same dream the next night. So it's the, that's the power of our minds. And that is what lucid dreaming is. And it's a really powerful practice. And it's beautiful because the mind really gets to explore, again, this world of your dreams, which often is a fabrication and created by our unconscious mind. So you're bringing your conscious self into your unconscious. And there's a heroscamos, it's called, a union of two aspects of self to blend into a being that's fully integrated and more whole. 
So one thing you can do is start working with your intention. Now, a lot of our listeners will know what this means, but you simply make a statement about what you are claiming you are going to do in your dream state. So say you have a phobia of spiders and you wish to heal that phobia or lessen that phobia. Then you can make an intention. When I have a dream tonight and if I see a spider, I will not be afraid of the spider because the spider can't harm me at all. It's just a dream. And that's something that can be really, really helpful for people as a tool to know if you're someone who has a lot of reoccurring scary dreams. You know, I think personally that's often a product of obviously trauma can be of this lifetime or if not this lifetime, past lifetimes that perhaps you've brought into this lifetime. And so you can set that intention and practice when I have a dream, if a fear comes up like my phobia, I choose to remember that I am in a dream. And maybe when that happens, what often happens is you realize you have a choice that you could ignore the spider or it's a dream and you can play with the spider. But your brain no longer, when we lose a dream, distinguishes the difference between a spider in a dream and a spider in the physical world. And so we literally reprogram our minds to release our phobias. And then when we wake up, there are new neural pathways that are formed. And so this is one of the powers of lucid dreaming. The other thing we can do is receive answers. So our intentions can be right before you go to sleep. And I'll talk about a little bit about dream hygiene. We can pause and think, okay, Last thing I think about before I fall asleep is this question. And you can repeat the question gently, not in an obsessive, neurotic way, a few times to really plant the seed in the unconscious mind and drop that question into the soil of your fecund self and see what happens. But many people, just by asking the question they want the answer to, to their unconscious mind, because you have the answers, right? Really, all the answers truly live within yourself. And so within the unconscious mind live the answers. And so you can make them blossom by dropping the seed of the question. From a Buddhist perspective, and that quote unquote dream yoga, you know, there's this exploration to explore the emptiness, like to go beyond the mind, because Buddhism is very much about the the void, the emptiness. And so it's said that meditation is how we do that in our waking life, right? We go beyond the thoughts to the thoughtless state and how when we sleep, we can do the same. And in doing so, we get deep, deep rest. In the yoga tradition, that's called yoga nidra. And you can, you know, Google that or go on Inside Timer and look some of those up, but very profound. So... The other thing that people do, of course, with lucid dreaming is to have fun and experience joy and have an experience of what seems like the material gross world in a magical way. So we can fly and we can realize we're in a dream. And so by telling ourselves and setting the intention, in my dream, I'm going to remember I'm dreaming and act differently. 
and make that your intention and say that a few times to yourself before you go to bed. You could even say, I want to fly in my dreams, or I want to walk through a wall in my dreams, or fly through the ceiling in my dreams. And that is a way you can practice lucid dreaming. Know that lucid dreaming can take some time. It's a practice. So if you've ever done yoga, stretching, or gone to the gym, lifted weights, right? It takes time to develop strength. And when we do these inner practices, it's the same thing, right? We develop an inner musculature, so to speak. And so it might happen for you quickly, some kind of magic or connection, but it also might be for most of us, something that you have to set your mind to and do in a consistent way over a longer period of time. And maybe, you know, set a reminder in your phone that you really want to do it and really commit to it. And you will guaranteed have some kind of development in your dream life. Another great practice is to keep a dream diary. I recommend putting it under your bed or right next to your bed so that when you wake up, you see it and you write anything down you can remember as a practice. You know, being a mystic and developing our inner world is about, again, that showing up consistently. And I find with clients that they don't think they dream sometimes at all. They'll say to me, I don't, well, I just don't dream. Like, I don't dream anymore. And then when they do this practice, they realize, oh, they did get some impressions. But as adults, often we're programmed to like wake up and then, you know, check the phone a lot of us, which parenthetically, please don't do people unless you have to for emergencies. But that morning time is so precious and your energy has been totally neutralized and it's so expansive and open. So even if you can do the smallest connective practice to spirit, to yourself, capital S, that uplifts you. It really will set a different vibration for you for your whole day. But most people, you know, jump up even just to run and go brush their teeth. And so you're missing out on a really seam of a window that's pure magic and that's pure potency. And so if you literally make it a practice, hey, what did I dream? I always ask my kids so, so often, hey, good morning, right away when I see them. What did you dream or did you have any dreams? And so it's, it's really sweet to do that to yourself because kids, of course, are so tuned in to spirit that they often you know, remember easily even minutes after they wake up because they're closer to spirit because they were born you know, more recently. Us, it takes us a little longer, but if you do this practice, you will make new neural pathways and you will connect synapses in your brain that will start to remember your dreams more and more and more and more and more quickly. So keep a dream diary. And then, as I mentioned about working with intention, right, working with words, you can also use words as a tool to be an affirmation. So before falling asleep, you can set an attention. I encourage people to make that one sentence, not too verbose, and repeat it a few times. And or you could work with an affirmation. Say, tonight, I remember my dreams. Or tonight, I have fabulous dream recall. My dream recall is outstanding. And say that three times before you go to bed. Your sleep space. As I mentioned, I have many, many planets in the sign of Venus and I love bed and I love sleeping. And 
the physicality of your environment when you sleep is so important. So if you haven't paid a lot of attention to your sleep area, there's no shaming of that right now at all. It's just your personality. But know that if you create more secretity in your physical sleep space, you will attract more dream abundance. So set up your bed or your nightstand in a way that feels life enhancing and exciting or soothing. You know, if you have sleep challenges, making it really, really soothing is so helpful. You know, I call it like a dream temple. You want to make your bed and the surrounding areas of your bed like a sacred temple because it is like a temple. You're stepping into this portal where there's something very special to do with your life that's only designated in this one period of time, in this one period of time and then also one physical space so make that physical space really nurturing soothing appealing and yummy you know whether it's crystals maybe it's scents for you maybe have essential oils or incense or certain stones and and rocks that hold certain energies or plants but do make it beautiful do make it a temple whatever that means for you. It's prescriptive for each one of us. It can change over time. Your outer area of your sleep temple, your dream temple, can also reflect the intentions of the type of dreams that you'd like. So if you'd like some adventuresome dreams, then maybe put some things that remind you of adventure. Or if you want to fly, maybe put some, you know, colored feathers from the dollar store. So you can really embody and physicalize your intention for your dream life. I remember a long time ago, for the first time in my life that I ever had sleep challenges, trying to recall which chakra that I had read affected sleep. Because I remember many years prior, I had read that. And when I went to do that research again in this book where I remembered I'd read it, it was the throat chakra. And at the time I was having throat issues, like significant medical issues. And remember just being amazed how the throat chakra is considered connected to your dream state. This is in the yogic tradition, this is in the Tibetan Buddhist tradition. And so if you're having sleep issues, you might refer to my episode on the throat chakra, which is the fifth chakra and check out that episode so one thing you can do knowing this is you can touch your throat before falling asleep sweetly or rub it if it feels safe and comfortable to do so or simply think of this area and direct loving thoughts warm thoughts soothing thoughts but focus your senses on your throat chakra and neurologically it is shown to connect to the brain stem that plays a large role in creating our dreams so it's pretty wild the ancient yogis knew this and buddhists knew this and try incorporating some throat chakra meditations even before you sleep or maybe do a few yoga poses that 
are associated with the throat chakra and make that a part of your regular practice. Another really sweet thing that I love to do that has been just profound for me. I did it with my kids when they were really little and it seemed to help them to remember their dreams is a shamanic device that I learned. And that is a dream bracelet. So you can just make a bracelet or it can be of something you've purchased. Um, I made them, you know, wove them with, with my kids and put them on their little alders. So every night before bed when they were younger, we would put on the dream bracelet and we'd say, okay, this piece of jewelry is going to remind me, I'm going to feel that, to remember my dreams. And believe you me, check it out. If you feel like you can't remember your dreams or you want to remember more of your dreams, get yourself a dream bracelet. And it's this physicality and this embodied tool that really, really, really can help you and remind you to remember your dreams. To sleep, perchance to dream. Aye, there's the rub, for in that sleep of death, what dreams may come, when we have shuffled off this mortal coil, must give us pause. To sleep, perchance to dream. To meditate, perchance to liberate. My meditation teacher once said, the play on Shakespeare that I thought was so brilliant. So, in the sleeping, may you have a chance to dream. We have the whole notion of the daydream, right? And so often in our society, the daydream isn't valued. You know, if someone's daydreaming, they get in trouble in school. And if they're daydreaming or dreamy, you know, sometimes that can have negative implications that they're kind of flighty or out there, right? But when we dream, we come into our very, very creative state, even when we're awake. So I encourage you to let yourself daydream too. Even as adults, we should be daydreaming. And so if you find that you are someone, when you hear that, that literally you never daydream or don't daydream often, I invite you to look at that. And I invite you to the space of considering elongating or initiating times for yourself throughout a day to daydream not to sit on your phone and check out but to literally check into the present moment and see what images come into your mind's eye they might be subtle but when we study and daydream the images in our mind's eye we develop our third eye and we develop more deeply our intuitive and psychic powers and intuition so may you daydream May you night dream. What dreams may come? That is the question, at least today. Another Shakespeare play, another day, to be or not to be. But in our developmental journey on this path, what dreams may come, right? Pay attention to your dreams, your daydreams, your night dreams. May you dream well. May they expand for you. May all your intuitive gifts, and your sense of wonderment and magic of life. May it expand for you. And may dreams be a tool to help you do just that. Namaste. Thank you for taking these words in. I hope they ground, inform, and inspire you on your journey of the mystic path. 
If you like what you heard, please be sure to rate, review, and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whichever podcast platform you use. It is so appreciated. Also, check out my website, modernmystic.love, where you can find information about my very exciting monthly mystic membership. My members have unlimited access to a robust video library, which includes short videos that are easily digestible, sharing practical ways to integrate mystical living into your day-to-day life. These compelling videos cover topics such as how to ground, protect, and grow your energy, how to develop your psychic abilities, how to connect to your spirit team, shadow work, inner child work, tarot cards, lots of Western astrology, of course, in addition to syncing up with the rhythms of nature and so much more. I've gotten so much positive feedback that these videos are game changers for folks. Also included in the membership are over 100 alignment-based yoga classes of all different levels, meditation and breathwork classes, so you can work from the inside out or the outside in and up level yourself as you become the next version of you. Not to mention my mystic members get all sorts of bonus content and discounts from my visionary podcast guests. So check out modernmystic.love and take a peek there as there's a free sampling of some videos waiting for you. Lastly, if you are looking for some conscious conversation and compelling community, check out also our private Modern Mystic podcast Facebook group. Keep on meeting the present moment where the magic lives, one breath at a time. Namaste. Namaste.